When you surrender to Jesus, everything you own becomes his. Your house, your boats, your car, your grass, your property. This is according to 1 Corinthians 6.20. No wonder Jesus tells us in Luke to count the cost. Before you come to Christ, you are under the delusion that everything you have is yours. But after you are, quote unquote, in Christ, you realize that God owns everything and that you are merely a steward, a steward of money, things, time and people. Your whole perspective changes to realize that you are called to wisely manage everything that God has blessed you with. This is according to Luke 19, 11 through 27. This was how the early disciples lived. They gave their lives to the mission and ministry of the church. It wasn't just the pastor who alone did the preaching, teaching, or community service. Everyone was involved, and they shared money as was needed to spread the gospel. I know this sounds pretty crazy, but that's kind of the point. What I mean by that is that The whole idea of the church is to stand apart, be different from the way the rest of society works. The church, after the death and resurrection of Christ, was based on a new model, different from the model of ancient Israel. Israel is now a term outside of a geopolitical entity. Israel is now everyone who is part of God's redeemed sinners, saints. This new group of people, this community called the church, this is a kingdom of God, regardless of gender or race. When we are baptized, we are adopted into the family of God. Ephesians 1 gives us a glimpse into the story. It went something like this. When the infinite God of love made the plan of salvation before he had even yet created the world, God saw the fall of humanity, but he also desired to save them from that upcoming fall. He didn't want to lose them forever. He wanted them as he had originally created them. God didn't plan for humanity to fall, but knowing the risk involved in free will, he knew, he knew that they would. He knew that they would be deceived and that many would reject his offer of salvation. They would reject his love. But he also saw that many would repent and would want to live a life free from the curse of sin. Thus, he himself would be the plan of salvation for humanity. That is, he would die on their behalf and then advocate for them in heaven and ultimately reunite them with God. This is the heart and soul of the plan of salvation, a plan instituted by the Godhead even before time began. In order to understand who we are now and how we should behave and live our lives, it's important to understand the context behind the lifestyle. See, this story of God redeeming us is a beautiful one. It gives us hope and is very encouraging. But even with the promises of a heart of peace and of freedom from guilt and shame 
and of eternal life with God in heaven. We are still here. Heaven is distant and we still get sick and die. We also live in a society that deals with discrimination, oppression. We have people who take advantage of widows and orphans. We have people who cheat and lie. We have people who are sick and hurt. We have wars and people who die from them. We have famine, pestilence, and poverty. Does God see all these things or is God concerned only about the time when we actually get to heaven? And do we just need to bite the bullet now? No, of course not. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says that he has provided a light in the darkness. He has provided a boat in the storm of life. He has provided comfort for the brokenhearted, peace for the weary, and help in a time of need. He calls this the kingdom of God. He calls this the church family. Plot twist. That's you and me. This is why God has called us to be good stewards while we are here on earth. That is, he wants us as a church, as a people, to help remedy the fallen world and all the evils of it. His church is to be a place of healing, of hope, of comfort for those in need. Evil, until Christ returns, is never going to go away. But we need to do all that we can with the gifts God has given us to alleviate the suffering the evil causes. Thus, God gives us wealth and the means to get wealthy in order to provide relief to the poor, needy, and oppressed. But it is his wealth, not ours. We are only the stewards. He gives us talents to bless others, but those are his talents. We are only the stewards. He gives us our material possessions, not for our own selfish use, but to bless others. Do you see it? God is the great provider, and he has chosen us to be his distributors. When we become Christians, this understanding of us as only stewards becomes our guiding mindset. It's a complete paradigm shift. Christ says that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So my question to you is, is your treasure in heaven or is it all around you on earth? In other words, are you a steward of God or are you just on this planet to benefit yourself? That is the question. Coming up, we talk about unity and what it means when you're a Christian to be unified in the next episode of A Picture of God.